Hebrews chapter 11. Perhaps there is no more vital building block in the Christian life than faith. In fact, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, the only way we draw near to God is by faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. So we entered the door of the gospel through Jesus Christ by faith, and we walked the narrow pathway of the kingdom of God by faith as well. Faith gives us certainty for today and for tomorrow and for all eternity. In fact, in our life of obedience and worship that God rewards in God's blessing, it will be by faith that we live in such a way. So it's vitally important that you and I understand and possess genuine faith. But I want to give you a clear, quick understanding that faith only comes to us as a gift from God. That's the only way faith comes. Like grace, faith is a gift from God. And it's excellent news because how would you and I ever achieve it? unless God gave it to us. Genuine faith requires a gift from God. Fortunately for us, God is generous in his love and his grace and his mercy and in faith. And he pours out faith in the increment in which you and I need it. So today, as we are drawing near to the end of our Hebrews 11 series, uh, we will begin a little four-part section of this on legendary faith but we need to understand that faith is not sourced by us faith and its source is the responsibility of God he, he is going to give faith and it's up to us to receive faith and appropriate it in our lives so when it comes to faith the word the Bible uses words that are just very clear and very active he says of faith be sincere in it abound in it continue in it be strong be steadfast be grounded walk in it stand in it and hold on to it so if you and I are going to be people of prayer we ought to pray in faith if we're drawing near to God we do so in assurance of faith we overcome the world by faith and we resist the devil by faith. All those are clear, concise statements from God's holy word. So faith is a vital part of our lives. It's certainly vital to our salvation and it is vital to abundant Christian living. So over the next four weeks, I want us to take a little deep dive here in faith. And I want to do it by looking at Moses in Hebrews 11 and study him and then begin to understand the faith that he was demonstrating and how you and I might be able to receive that same faith and appropriate it for our living. So why study Moses? Because God said Moses was unlike anybody else. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 34, it says, and there has not, not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face none like him for all the signs and the wonders that the Lord sent to him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all the servants to all of his land and for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of all of Israel there was none like Moses he was the pinnacle in faith but God did not elevate Moses because he was a man of power and authority he didn't do it because he was a man of eloquence and command instead he did it 
Because here's an 80-year-old man who stutters and stumbles in his speech, who battled self-loathing and sometimes acted with great impatience and anger and disobedience. But this is a man who had great faith in God. And God elevated him with that great faith. With God's call and presence and the faith that was granted to him, Moses became Israel's great prophet and pastor. There has never been a lawgiver like Moses. There's never been a historian like Moses. There's never been a deliverer like him, save Jesus Christ. And there has never been an advocate of man like him. And so that's what I want. That's what I want for your lives, and that's what I want for my life. And so we just pray, Father, give us that faith. Lord, give us that increase of faith. And let us appropriate it in our lives. And if you want that, agree with me by saying amen. And let it be. Let it be. Hebrews eleven twenty three through 28 specifically mentions Moses' faith four times in six verses and just repeats that so I'd like to just hone in on those four different aspects over the next four weeks today we'll look at verse 23 which talks about the faith of Moses parents in verse 24 next week we'll talk about the faith of Moses who refused to be called the son of Pharaoh and the next week we'll talk about Moses' faith, because by faith he left Egypt, and in verse 28, by faith he kept the Passover. So I want to dive into each of those and ask God to help us to understand the fullness of that faith and to receive it. Interestingly, the first mention of faith regarding Moses is actually the faith of his parents. So look with me in verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. It's significant to me that Hebrews 11 points out Moses' strong faith by first mentioning the faith of his parents. Every parent needs to perk up to that detail. Every parent needs to recognize that Moses' parents are much like you. They were in the right position to have great impact for the entire generation at hand and the one to come. And they were singularly to be focused on their children. And so it is for you and me. You say, oh, my kids are already out of the house and gone you still have possible impact, great impact. And every parent ought to recognize that if your children's faith is going to be strong, it will be your faith that enables that to be all the more strong. I want to encourage you to have strong faith. Parents, take it upon yourself. Parents can substantially impact their children by their intentional leadership and faith in Christ that they purposefully live before their children and nurture in their children. But you've got to be very intentional about that. Moses' parents, like my little stick figure family here, 
Amram and Jochebed were Levites. The Bible mentions that they had three children. They might have had more, but the Bible only mentions three of them. Now listen to this. Here is a couple that has great faith, and it's evident in their children. You've got Moses, and we've already talked about the significance of Moses' life, but he has an older brother who becomes the priest of Israel. His name is Aaron, and he has an older sister, Miriam, who is a prophetess of God. So all three people who are raised by Amram and Jochebed, all three of them are devoted servants of the Lord. That doesn't just happen. That's an investment of a faithful family. That's an investment of parents who say, we want God's word in our children. We want to live out the expressions of faith unto God. We want to believe the promises of God and we want to hold to the promises of God and we want to nurture our children to the promises of God. That's a family that doesn't relegate discipleship onto somebody else, doesn't, doesn't expect that the teachers are going to be teaching all things to their children, doesn't, doesn't shoo them off to go watch four hours of TV every evening, doesn't hand them a, an unfiltered iPad or an iPhone and say, just go entertain yourself. No, that's a family that says, we want to make impact in the kingdom of God, and God has given us the privilege of doing that, not only of ourselves but in our children. And man, did they ever take that and run with it. That's what our world needs right now. We need parents who won't just go into the rhythms and the routines of this world and waste time and energy and effort on things that are going to burn away in the day of Christ. We need parents, Christ-centered, Bible-focused parents who recognize this is the time for such a time as this that they will invest in their children to a point that their family makes great kingdom impact with the influence of Christ in them. And I want to invite you to be that one. I want to invite you to be the one. You say, well, nobody else is going to be like that. That's right. But Christ has come individually to you, and he's empowered you. He's treasured in you his truth, and he's given you the empowerment of his Holy Spirit. And if you'll not forsake him, he will do mighty, mighty things in you. I wish I could do a repeat. As a dad, I wish I could just repeat but I can't, but I can do it today. I can change today. I can ask God for the provision of faith today, and I, I can ask him to help me to be bold and confident and courageous in my faith, and I can have impact on my adult children and my grandchildren and my friends and my church and the people that God places in my life. I can have that kind of impact, and so can you. And man, does God ever call us to do that? So it's never too late to stand firm in your faith in Christ and walk in a way that will influence not just your family, but the generation to come. And even despite the difficulties and trials which Amram and Jacob had had those, you can have robust faith and impact. So the Israelite family lived in the most troublesome time of enslavement in Egypt. If you remember, God had blessed Israel by multiplying their offspring, but over time, one successive Pharaoh feared that the Israelites might rise up and come against the Egyptians, so he forced them into slavery with harsh slave masters. 
He also ordered the midwives to kill every baby boy born of the Hebrews the moment they were in the delivery process. And when those midwives subverted the efforts of Pharaoh, he mandated that every male boy born into this world by the Hebrews would be cast into the Nile River. And they would die by drowning and by crocs that live in that river. Amram and Jochebed did not do what the evil king ordered them to do. They were not intimidated by him. Instead, they carried on with their life and they lived life as a couple was meant to live it with intimate love and trusting the king of the universe over the Pharaoh of Egypt. For them, trusting and obeying God superseded every order that had been given by any man. The fear of God was upon them delivering them from the fear of man which Proverbs 29 25 says is always a snare it's always a trap when you fear men so knowledge of God and his word and appropriate fear of him propels strong faith so if you and I are going to have this strong faith that we're being urged to have we have to have a knowledge of God's word and a reverential fear of him just the awesomeness of God a respect for him their fear was in God alone because they trusted fully in him, freeing them from the debilitating fear of man. In other words, Amram and Jochebed had faith that was alive and strong and firmly established in God and his words, his promises that had been given to the people of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when tragedy struck their lives, they remained confident in who God is and who uh, what he had said about their lives. Nothing quietens the troubled heart or settles the thoughts of those who are experiencing hardships like the trust that you have in Jesus Christ. Have you ever been in that moment where things just overwhelm, but yet the Spirit of God brings this solidity in your life because your trust is in Christ who is redeeming all things to himself. And even this, in the midst of this brokenness, in the midst of this devastating news, in the midst of my heart breaking, even this, he will rectify. And so your heart settles. It doesn't mean your emotions don't stir. It doesn't mean the pain suddenly is sad. It just means that you know one day it will be different. And you can have rest in that. So it's with strong faith in the sovereign Lord and his word that you and I can lean on Christ and lead our families to do that as well. Could I ask you, what is the measure of your leadership? If there's a, a way to measure out your leadership, what is the measure of your leadership? It's a good question to ask since we are always influencing people. I need to make sure we're hearing that. We always influence people. So what is the measure of that leading? What is the measure of that influence? Throughout these unique seasons of our lives, people are growing in faith or people are wandering from faith. What are people learning about you and your faith and your trust in Christ in the midst of this turbulent period of time. 
as we experience global tensions with Russia and China and North Korea and Islamic militant countries, will your faith and trust in Christ be evident to the point that others take note? Throughout the pandemic, you do realize that we are discipling people perpetually. Throughout the pandemic, is your leadership evident? And that means that we can't negate Christ and our faith in Christ in the midst of the crises. We don't disassociate the current realities from the sovereign of the Lord. And we are not to just influence people with fear and apprehension by disassociating the lordship of Christ in the midst of this. Instead, we lead people to have confident, courageous faith in Christ in the midst of the crisis. Christ is reconciling all things to himself, and he will reconcile this as well. What about during personal tragedies in your life when hardships hit and economic troubles come and sickness is present and death has overshadowed and brokenness is there? You and I are flush with opportunities to display the wondrous faith that we have in Christ. You say, well, my faith is weakened during those times. Then turn around and ask God to strengthen it. Thank you, Brandon. You see, we demonstrate faith in trials with courage and confidence in the Lord. And when we do so in our faith, others grow in their faith. There is never a time that people are watching more closely than in the midst of your brokenness. That's when your demonstration of faith is most known. Not when things are going well, but when things are not going well. You couldn't get more raw than what Amram and Jochebed were experiencing as the king was declaring that their child be murdered by their own hands. And yet their strong faith, their strong faith spoke to the point that when we talk about Moses' faith, we first talk about the faith of his parents. Now the Bible says that the couple hid Moses for three months because they saw that the child was beautiful. Now at first pass, you might surmise that Moses' parents were moved by the, the baby's beauty, and because of that, they were inclined to disregard or disobey Pharaoh's order to murder him. However, there's something far more significant than just the natural beauty of a baby. The writer of Hebrews begins chapter 11 by defining for us faith. Now, I want you to dial in with me for a moment. This is a big truth. He says that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So 22 verses later, he is not going to change the definition by saying that their faith was built because they saw something. They saw the beauty of that child, the natural beauty of that child. Now, all three of my boys grew up to be strapping young men, good-looking guys. They take after their mama. Amen. <laughs> but I'm just going to be shooting straight with you. When they came out of her womb, beauty was not the word. 
It's like, oh, wow, we birthed a rat. (laughs) They changed. Somehow, miraculously, they went back to that nursery, and those nurses brought them back. In a couple of days, it was like they were morphing into something beautiful. But for a while, there was some intense prayer going on in this household. But... Amram and Jochebed were not looking at Moses and seeing the beauty of him and saying, by his natural beauty, we have no other thing to do but to denounce Pharaoh's order and defy his order and hold that we will not murder our child. That's far more than natural beauty. What is understood in the text but not read from the text is that God has spoken to them about their son. God he had a call he had a vision for their son and when they looked and saw the evil ugly wickedness that Pharaoh was bringing about and the call of the murder of boys and they looked at their son and they saw God's call of a redeemer of a deliverer, of an advocate, they saw the beauty of God. And in that, they said, we will not destroy this boy. Parents, faithfully seek God's favor and call for your children. Listen to me. I don't mean to offend you. But God has not called your child to be the peewee all-star. God has not called your child to be the wonder ballet dancer in the fourth grade. God has called your child to come alongside with the Holy Spirit of the deliverer, the rescuer, the advocate, The Lord Jesus, he's called your child to come alongside him in a global mission to make his name gloriously known around the world, and you've got to work to move your child in faith there. Oh, the world will put a vision on your child, but God has a better vision. Ask God to give you that call and faithfully administer that work in your child. Moses' parents were confident in the hope of God's call for their son, and they hid him away for three months, even though the government was requiring them to do otherwise. They did so by faith, remarkable faith, that could only come from God. Such faith allowed them to be steady and steadfast in the midst of all the difficulties. Imagine for a moment you being Amram and Jochebed and you're trying to hide a baby for three months and every time that baby would cry every time that baby would make noise and coo loudly can you imagine what they thought if we're discovered not only will our child be executed but we too will be for defying Pharaoh's orders but yet they were steadfast They were steadfast with astounding faith as a gracious gift of God 
And we should ask for that kind of gift of faith as well and be persistent like they were persistent. You say, well, my faith is not there. Ask God to increase it. Ask God to increase it. How do I know he will? Because he's generous. Has he held back any love from you? Has he held back his mercy from you? Has he held back his grace from you? And he will not hold back faith to you. Ask him for it. Ask him to elevate your ability to look past the things that are present and onto that which is ahead. Ask him to see beyond. Consider what ways you may be living in fear and ask God to help you to have faith to overcome that fear, responding in Christ in a way that exalts him. And where you find yourself focused on brokenness of this world, ask God to lift your eyes in faith to that which is above and dwell on things that are noble and pure and right. We're not seeking to replicate faith. We're not seeking to build faith as if we can naturally build it on our own, in our own determination. No, my friends, you and I are seeking supernatural faith that has to be given by God. And so I want to ask for that personally. I want to ask for it for you, and I want you to ask for it. For God is faithful, and his Holy Spirit will administer those things in which we desperately need to walk in Christ. And that kind of faith transforms us within our soul profoundly and it helps us to carry out the works of God so miraculously. Ask him for that kind of faith. And that faith will build hope in your life and it will build confidence in your life and courage and steadfastness and joy and temperance and holiness and resolve. That's the kind of faith that I'm talking about. So Amram and Jochebed, their faith move them to do the improbable they hid their son away for three months and it was no longer possible for them to conceal him they came up with a creative plan to present him before pharaoh's daughter and there she was in the nile bathing and young moses in a basket made by his mother and pitched so that it would be watertight was lofted right there before pharaoh's daughter and when she heard and saw that little boy, her heart melted, and she longed for him. And just so happened that Miriam popped up out of the reeds of the Nile, and she said, oh, I'll get a surrogate nurse for you if you'd like, and he can be yours. She said, oh, yes, go do that. And Miriam trotted home and said, Mama, he's coming home. Now listen to me. The faith of those parents saved that little boy. And the faith of those parents nurtured that boy in their own home. And that's the model for you and me. Our faith lived in such a way that our children are saved. And our faith lived in such a way that our children are nurtured in our home and no matter what part of the generations you are connected you can live in that because God has made the provision for you now let's pray together with your head bowed and your eyes closed would you just acknowledge to God that you're in need of faith if you are just oh God I need faith now some of you this is saving faith I'm talking about 
I'm talking about you stopping trying to wrestle your way into heaven. It won't happen, my friends. Come to Christ with saving faith that he alone can redeem you. He alone can take your sins and forgive them. He alone can wash you from all the filth of your sin in your life. And he alone can declare you to be righteous. Put your faith in him. Denounce any other effort. Walk away from any sin that would preclude you from walking in the holiness of Christ. You say, oh, I don't know if I can walk away from it. Your intention with God's empowerment will create in you a clean and new way of life by faith. Well, Father, for those who are calling out to you in faith to save them, let your salvation come as you are appropriately giving faith with grace. And Lord, there are others in this room who have just been walking along in this journey of life without really engaging in the expressions of great faith. And today they've been challenged to live their life differently. And I pray that it would be more than just with the words of a preacher that has swooed their heart. But Lord, I pray that it would be with the conviction of the Spirit and His empowerment and by the authority of your word that they would stand and say, with faith given to me by God, I will walk with courage, and stamina, and truth. And let it be unto your glory. In Jesus' name.